Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk, talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. It's me. I'm from uh, Frankly Implausible, which is a thing that you don't know about, but maybe we'll talk about it later. I'm doing a well, bad job of opening this podcast right now. Yep. No, awful. <laughs> awful. I'm just going to kick you off right now. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, you know, that's fair. I, I really appreciate it, Jesse. Thank you so much for giving me a shot. Um, this audition has been disastrous. So I'm going to exit stage left before the hook comes out and does grab me by the throat. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're very ruthless, those stage hook people. Yeah. So in as much as I don't know how long you want to spend talking about stage hooks, who's supposed to be on the other end of that thing? And how do they have the leverage to sort of pull you off there? That seems difficult. You see, in the past, I'm going to imagine they're big, burly X-like carnies. Yeah, okay. That that tracks. The kind of thugs that show up in Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, in the future, though, giant robots mm. with the hook thing. But like For they sure. have like a little like hook attachment. They're just like, gah! Yeah, and depending on how far you get into the future, there's also like the Star Trek Matter Transporter. You can just sort of beam them straight off stage and into... The green room, a crocodile pit, the surface now, of a star. Well, any of you those. see what what happens. What happens then is uh, a giant screen pops up, clear aluminum, which is what the windows are made out of. Uh-huh. By the way, if you didn't know that already, yeah, no, that's that's what it's. Yeah, yep, clear aluminum. Uh, it opens up outside of the stage, mm-hmm. or like on the back of the stage. So it's it's almost like a uh, the third wall, maybe. Okay, no, I get you. I see what you're talking about. And, it's not the fourth get, wall, because it's not the not, audience. Not the fourth wall, yes, yeah. but it's it's the back wall. And uh, you see the actor fixate. <laughs> and then it's that. It's especially brutal. Because, like, with the old stage hook, presumably they were going to beat them up. He didn't see it. Yeah, you got to get Macbeth right the first time. If not... <laughs> now, I'm not totally clear on what the rules are, nor am I superstitious, Jesse, but you just said Macbeth out loud on a showbiz thing are we in trouble uh sure i don't know <laughs> okay i will invite some trouble it'll probably get some more downloads oh i, ac- I actively started i actively tried to start beef with a few people it didn't work <laughs> but you know <laughs> it did not occur to me that we could get more views on a podcast by like pissing people off but speaking of someone who has mm-hmm. lots of really loud feelings mm-hmm. that he screams across across <laughs> splash pages. Okay. North Star. Okay, I do love North Star. He's from my all-time favorite. I should mention perhaps that I'm Canadian, so I have a very strong love for Alpha Flight, which is the super <laughs> team that North Star's from. Which is probably misplaced, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe we should do the character bio and then get into why or why not we should like Alpha Flight. Uh, but we talked about him before. He's one of the first openly gay characters, mm-hmm. at least in mainstream comics. And I also think the first gay marriage in a comic was with they him. Did, you know, they made a really big deal about that in X-Men um, when Northstar first came out. And then later when he got married, there was, like, a special issue of whatever X-Men series he was in. Didn't he marry Richter? Um, possibly. Was, I, I think he just, like, a regular guy? No, no, he got married to a regular guy, but he came, but, like, he was he was uh, dating Richter for a long time. For their choice of the first, like, major gay marriage in, X- in, in Marvel Comics, it feels kind of token-y that they went with 
such a little-known Canadian character as North Star. Well, he did kind of. He was kind of a big deal in the eighties and nineties. Okay, so people actually did care about North Star at some point because I love Alpha Flight, and even I Uh, barely register North Star as a character. He was a big character at least during Jim Shooter's um, reign. Okay, all right. Well, it's a but. But at the same time, they like I honestly I think a lot of things are very cowardly done when it comes to representation but speaking of people yeah we um, should uh, that was perhaps your weakest segue of all time but <laughs> speaking yeah. of people indeed the characters we're supposed to be doing yeah uh north star mm-hmm. uh, we talked about his sister who i forgot his her name already i believe it's aurora aurora, aurora yeah. yes well it's because she has like three different identities because they did the really poorly done yeah. personality thing with yeah. her yeah the more you say this the fewer reasons to like alpha flight i'm able to pull no, out also, what about the extremely insistent shaman and t- talisman yeah. But whatever. I mean, um, I don't know that Shaman was that insensitive for the mid-80s when he was created, but... Eh, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> get into it right to, now. Hey, we're not doing that character today. We don't have to... Uh, we're we're gonna talk about Talbot later, and then I'm gonna talk about how... Okay, let me, let me bring this out. As a person who is yeah. from America, mm-hmm. the Canadian version of racism is very strange. Okay. I'm interested point, to hear what I'll point say that here. out a, a little bit later. <laughs> but it feels very strange. It, it doesn't feel nearly as hostile. Yeah. Towards okay. the Native Americans. Like, racism towards Native Americans. Sure, and it, like, it is very much real. It's uh, very real. It, it's there, and I recognize it. It's just different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and I don't know how to deal with different types of racism, apparently. Hmm. <laughs> But but whatever we're gonna we're talking about North Star, yeah. who is named John Paul Boubier. Boubier, which makes him from Quebec, of course. Yes, because he's he's from that superior part of uh, part of Canada. And you know it's weird. I talk about Quebec all the time, um, but I'm suddenly really self conscious about how you pronounce it. <laughs> this is bizarre. Anyway, sorry, that's irrelevant. Move on. That's whatever. Um, yeah, but he was born in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be John Paul Martin, but I guess he wanted to sound more French. I guess. Yeah. Um, his yeah. occupation is professional skier, adventurer. He is. For some reason, I thought he was a circus acrobat. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was. So he has a sister, twin sister named Jean Mary Boubier, Marie mm-hmm. Boubier, and they both had to be Jeans, huh? Yeah, Jean, <laughs> Jean, 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 and uh, Louis Martin, who is the adopted father. Okay. He's probably from the lesser part of Canada, not Quebec. Um, now, I don't know how up you are on Canadian geography. I'm certainly not great at American geography, so no disrespect here. The uh, The vast majority of Canada, however, is not Quebec. <laughs> exactly. That's why they need their own country. Now, I really like reading up. Like Occasionally, I, I remember that Quebec just really doesn't like being part of Canada. And I, sometimes I just read up on that, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, they're French. Um, <laughs> but not even like proper French. They're like... They, they're like the fake French, which makes them even more... I'm joking. <laughs> it's weird, because, you know, we learn Parisian French in uh, Ontario schools, and you would think that they'd want to teach us, like, 
the French that's spoken in our country. No. No, why would they do that? He's part of Alpha Flight, as we said multiple times already. He first appeared in X-Men 120. Wanted, Wolverine, dead or alive. In (laughs) April. Oh, yeah. In April 1979. That was when they sent um, Alpha Flight to capture Wolverine, right? Well, well, let, let's. I'm gonna have a fun little story. Just, just okay. a fun little story for you. Because <laughs> um, in in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. um, the Canadian government is actually very shady. Well, first off, any government is shady. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, that just kind of comes with the whole imperialist. But uh, but in in the Marvel universe, the Canadian government is very awful. Yeah, it's, it's them who ran Weapon X, right? Yeah, and the reason why Professor, Professor X gained uh, Wolverine mm-hmm. on his team, this has been retconned, by the way, was uh, Wolverine w- was sent by the Canadian government, by uh, by Department H. Yeah. Uh, and they are just like, look at that guy down there. He's dangerous. Wolverine, why don't you do, do the thing you're best at? That's not and very nice. And by that guy, you mean... Professor X? Professor X, yes. Okay, alright. And and uh, he just, he went down, he went down to Westchester, and then, uh, and then Wolverine was just like, I'm gonna get you, bub. And uh, <laughs> Professor X is just like, no you're not, you're on my team now. And he was on their team now. <laughs> uh, that, you know, when you have a, an extremely powerful telepath like that, you wonder how much came from the fact that uh, Wolverine sincerely wanted to be on his team and how much was my no, control. 100%! It was Professor X being one of the worst people. Yeah, okay. Like, he could have just been like, no, you don't. And he could have went away. But yeah. no, he's just like, no, not only do you not want to kill me, you want to serve me. Check it out. Aid by Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he didn't have to wait. Like, it's just instant Stockholm Syndrome. Yep. So, um, hmm. but yeah. Uh, they really do treat telepathy and mind control generally in comics as if it's okay, when really, it's extremely violating. No, it is 100%, which is why... Uh, the mm, 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 I'll get into it a little bit later. <laughs> okay, alright, we'll come at that uh, another time. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so he showed up, like, pretty much right before the 80s mm-hmm. happened. Um, so, he and his twin sister were separated in infancy when their parents were killed under circumstances yet to be revealed. Have now is that that's what it says in the book? Yeah. Yet to be re- is there, are they still yet to be revealed here in 2018 or did we find out what it was? Uh that would, would involve me looking up a little bit more about North okay. Star which we're right. not going to do it right now. Fair enough. <laughs> so. We're restricting ourselves to the whenever this book was published. Uh, well, especially since I'm planning on doing like seven more characters after this. Yes. <laughs> just so I could get like the alpha, well, just the alpha flight stuff kind of mm-hmm. more in uh, out of the way. Um. So he was adopted by Mister and Mrs. Lewis Martin, who were cousins of his mother. Uh, they could not afford to adopt a sister as well. So they took. Oh, that sucks. It, but they arranged her to be raised at um, uh, Madame Dupont's school for girls in uh, Lavelle, Quebec. And I, I uh, doubt that's a real school for girls, but yeah. and that's where she kind of developed one of her personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then, 
when he was around six years old, uh, his adopted parents were killed by accident in an accident, and then he was placed in a foster home. Man, so you know that like regular superheroes have a lot of orphan things in yeah. their backstory. I guess sometimes when you're really trying to force a superhero to be a good character, you orphan them two or three times. The double orphans, the yeah. double orphan thing pops up way more than you think it does. Well, you got Peter Parker, and he's like an orphan and a half. Um, even more recently, they killed off John and Martha Kent, and so now Superman's an orphan. I really hope they killed killed them off by heart attack because if they if they killed them off any other way, no, they. I think they actually had aliens kill them in the New Fifty Two, and I don't know why they haven't retconned them back yet because they are delightful. And one of the best parts of Superman comics is having Superman interact with his parents and have like a loving family. That's kind of the point. Um, Look, my my favorite my my oh, the, the my favorite part of the Made of Steel movie. Okay. Which I don't have a lot of favorites. We're I have like into, three yeah, favorites. We're getting into territory that... Uh... But my favorite part was the fact that Jonathan Kent died because he said, Hey, son, don't save me. I'm going to drive into a Oh, cool. Tornado. So it's kind of a sarcastic favorite part thing. <laughs> oh, it's what, no, it's, it's both sarcastic and generally, like, I like that because, like, honestly, his mm-hmm. son could have saved him. His son yeah. could have saved everything. Right, and I just and, don't know and, why he wouldn't. And, and then he's just like, hey, son, don't save me. I'm going to die now. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I feel like so- hell is an assumption that you made there, but... <laughs> well, um, and my other favorite part is how they showed super speed. But, uh, <laughs> but speaking of <laughs> the sense of man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're somewhere in the middle of this paragraph about North Star. You just go from where you were. Yeah. Um. So he got orphaned twice, and then he never learned about his sister's existence. It's almost like a third orphaning there. Yeah, almost. Except, what's it called when you get de-siblinged? Estrangement. Estrange, but like I get. Yeah, it would be that. Huh. Okay. Uh, when he was a teenager, he became a skier. Mm-hmm. He was at first he was only mediocre at the sport. During his adolescence, his mutant power began to emerge. Mm-hmm. He, be- he befriended uh, Raymond Belmold, who helped him overcome his fears. Okay. Uh, now, his mutant power being to fly, I can imagine that that would be pretty handy on a downhill sport. I can imagine. Because especially <laughs> if you can if you can finally control it, you can just be right above. Sports in the Marvel Universe would be awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. They should have... Um... Like a, a an Olympics for pe- for non augmented humans, and then a Super Olympics. The problem, of course, being that no one would tune in to watch the regular Olympics. Yeah, but I I like I, like because they already have like the unlimited class unlimited weight class, um, wrestling wrestling. Yeah, and like if you just kind of apply that to other sports and everything, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't because you just uh, I mean. The doping, though, in those sports would be way more consequential. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I think that'd be pretty cool. But And then, of course, you know, Toad, for example, just speaking of cheating at sports, the, the X-Men villain Toad was introduced uh, where he was cheating at the long jump. That was the first time he ever showed up where he was in the Olympic long jump and just using his mutant power to be better than everyone else at it. Yeah, and, uh, like... 
I, I would be. I would. I would tune in to like super powered baseball. Oh, you'd have absolutely. To, you'd have to cre- make the uh, like you. You'd specifically like hired. This is this is just a thing I need to pitch on your show. Yeah. Yes. We did a we did an episode a while back called Games of Future Past, which is an X Men reference. Yes. Um, on which we talked about updating old school sports with modern technology, and like I think we could probably get a whole episode out of regular sports with but with Mario power ups. And or, like or, that's or just updating sports again. Yeah. With but superpowers. Yeah, and like I sports would, two. Yes. The sequel to I sports. Would, I would love to talk about that. But let's first <laughs> Yeah. We let's get first, this North Star stuff cranked. We need out. to get see, we keep on getting distracted. Yeah, it's happening a lot. I will uh, I'll be good, I promise. Okay. Well, um so he became a skier and he had a friend named Ramon Belmont mm-hmm. who uh helped him overcome his fear. Yeah. From how he was different from majority of people. Mm-hmm. And then he secretly uses his mutant powers to ski better. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, sure, he was gonna do that. Also, at one point of his adolescence, this is a big part of his teenage years, mm-hmm. but he also became a, uh, a part of a radical French-Canadian uh, separatist group, because oh, the, of course yeah, he was. Those. Of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the October Crisis? Yeah, in the 70s. Um where French Canadian terrorists were like doing mailbox bombs and stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember learning about that. FLQ. That's the one, the Front de Libération Québec, um, or Québec. Okay, please don't send Quebec assassins Quoi, after me. Obviously, FLQ. If I got that wrong, hey, hey, <laughs> hey you French Canadians, you know, you know, you know what his name is. You know all the all the French Canadians who are listening to this Marvel based. Podcast from Kentucky, <laughs> which I can only assume makes up like most of your. I will say I have at least one listener in Quebec. I looked that up. Cool. Well, hello, one alphabet flight listener in Quebec. Um, <laughs> please don't kill me for mispronouncing Front de Libération du Québec. I just, I did, I got it right that time. So hopefully yeah. that makes amends. Uh, so, so um, what was North Star's role? Was he like flying around dropping bombs on people or it just no, it just said that for a brief time he was a part of a separatist group. Huh. So like he could have just been the getting people donuts and didn't know that it was the <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know, the revolutionary intern, sort of a coffee boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, uh so at this point he was still aware, unaware of his true parentage. Right. He called himself John Paul Martin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you pronounce it like Martin, it's still, like, kind of a French name. Well, um, yeah, but then he was uh, recruited to, as a superhuman agent for Department H. Then after he was taken in by the government to mm-hmm. be a shady government-sponsored paramilitary team of superheroes. Yeah. Was, um, was that Alpha Flight? That's Alpha Flight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so he... Then found out that he had a sister. I feel like we should mention as well that Alpha Flight were convened by Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Like that's that's a piece of of canon. Is that is that true? I, I think, think that's true. So, because I think for a long time they were using actual politicians as yeah, like the leaders. Were they using the real American presidents too? Uh, for a while, yes. Yeah. 
And I think, honestly, they still might be, but they just don't mention it, really. Yeah, like, I definitely do own a, an issue of Spider-Man where Obama's there. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and the chameleon in person, it's, it's pretty funny, actually. We don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, then he found out, you know, that they were, you know, related, and then... Uh-huh. And then uh, they got the names North Star and Aurora. So they just got put on a team and were like, oh, hey, you also are a dark-haired, sprightly-looking Quebecois person who has the ability to fly at light speed. I wonder, do you think we might be And, and then the government was just like, yeah, we knew already, so <laughs> maybe stop pretending not to be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um... So after they temporarily lost financial support of the the uh, Canadian government, uh, mm-hmm. he remained on the team to in order to be with his sister. He not only cared deeply about his sister, but uh, as his only relative, but was concerned about her because she had a dual personality. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> something you want to stick around to help uh, work out. And then, and then, like. Uh... And then maybe uh, Aurora was just like, yo, stop being gay. And he's just like, no, I want to be gay. Um, uh, and you're speculating at this point. That didn't That But did they, they did have a fight. They had a fight about his sexuality at one point. I don't think that that's how that works, Aurora. No, no that's not how it works. Okay. D- d- dual personalities also don't work the way that they work with her. So I Okay, guess. sure, there's that too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they had a kind of a fight. And because uh-huh. of his sexual sexual attitudes, huh. and then he then then he quit being around her as much, and then she yeah, well, sought to break ties with her brother completely by altering her own superhuman powers, so they're no longer the same. Yes, altering. How, how? She wanted to make them different than her brothers because they basically have the same power. How would you even go about starting to do that? Well, Doctor Doctor Walter Linskowski, who it was her lover. Sasquatch? I think. Is that Sasquatch's name? I think so. Uh, I don't know Sasquatch's name. I just know he looks like a Sasquatch. I think that's Sasquatch. But, um, I, as a Canadian, am perhaps more familiar with Alpha Flight than the average person. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Sasquatch. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay, I guess I guess yeah. I can see why he do that. He doesn't necessarily have to be complete. I really like Sasquatch, so I'm... Just surprised to hear that. Yeah, but. he f- he performed a experiment in mm-hmm. molecular rearrangement, and it did indeed alter her uh, superhuman abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Northstar and Aurora can no longer touch each other, or okay. they would lose their powers. Sure. And then when, yeah. and then when the Sasquatch died, they reconciled with each other, and he. Cool. And the one thing they for sure did not do was hug it out. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so sometime so, so sometime uh during the 80s is whenever he did the whole splash page of yelling that he's gay mm-hmm. um and i'm imagining the fight happened sometime after that because he probably it was just yelly, yelling that he was gay everywhere and his sister's just like yo can you stop yelling you're gay and that yeah, actually people no- don't usually start a fight about being <laughs> gay until they know that the other person is in fact gay yes so um, yeah, so that's kind of his story. Uh-huh. At least at this point. There's more, but I'm not going to get into it. Well, mm-hmm. I am going to get into some of it. He was the first, uh, like, openly gay character. At least in mainstream comics. Yeah. 
if I do a little bit more research, there's probably some underground comics that yeah, had gay um, characters. But who am I thinking? Nobody apparently. Yeah, no, you're like you're probably mostly right about that. I can't, I can't think of another like prominent counterexample off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, so he's five eleven, mm-hmm. weighs uh one eighty five. Has it's the same height as me and significantly lighter than me. Yeah. He has uh, blue eyes and black hair. He can carry about 250, 250 uh, pounds. That's pretty decent. And he can carry that while flying? Okay. While flying, yeah. But he's, so he's, I wonder, if he's you very put tough that dude. on his back, would he be able to... So if you... I'm just thinking, if you can fly at light speed, that's a lot of force you're able to put out. And theoretically, if you can fly straight up at light speed, you can fly straight up at one kilometer per hour carrying a lot more weight than uh, 250 pounds, right? Well, um, we're getting into, get into some stuff a little bit later. We're going to get into the physics of we'll get We'll get flight. into okay. a little bit, because I remember Aurora's, uh, how they explained her powers, and I think they're, since they're similar, they probably mm-hmm. have something there. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so he can fly at he can fly and move at superhuman speeds, but and he can uh, channel a portion of his kinetic energy uh, in a single direction, so he can go about about the direct proportion of the kinetic energy he's tapped. So he can reach ninety nine percent of light speed. Right. Okay. But he can't reach he can't reach the speed uh, well, overall. Right. Now, uh, if you but, flew at light speed within the atmosphere, if you flew at even 99% of light speed within the atmosphere, you would blow everything up forever. Every atom that you ran into would explode. So I guess he's got to be doing some kind of warp effect, eh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, as a side effect, it's he partially robs his own uh, molecules from their atomic motion and uh, binding forces within. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's toughens, and this enhances how tough his body is, basically. Oh, okay. So he can kind of withstand the wind and friction. Right. Well, you have to have something for that. Yeah, he can go up to t- Mach ten without injury. So if he does go, oh, I see. Yeah, that's 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 his limitation, really. Right. Because his body is tough, but not tough enough to go mm-hmm. light speed. If you now, if you went out into space, it could presumably go at almost light speed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but uh, the fact that he lives in a place with an o- with oxygen mm-hmm. is the issue. Yeah. You know, like humans do. <laughs> uh, he can also, if he, he used to be able to hold link hands with Aurora, and they would be able to basically be super bright and blind people. Oh, yeah, I remember them doing that at one point. Huh, I'd almost forgotten. After the experiment that was done on Aurora, though, um, he can't really sin- generate life from his body by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever he comes uh, with, in contract, on contact with Aurora, both of them immediately lose their ability to, they're up to use their superpowers for an indefinite, but a br- very brief amount of time. Okay. All right. Because like, <laughs> so like, so basically, so basically, like, it's like they got slapped real hard, mm-hmm. and it's just like, ah, I can't use my power, and then like, they it comes back. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, 
then yeah that was pretty much so he can go real fast he's tough and he can't touch his sister (laughs) which is among the worst superpowers i've ever heard although less tragic than like you know rogue where she's not allowed to touch anybody ever yeah so so his limitations is he like he literally cannot go as fast as he possibly can because of the action atmosphere yeah, and that's kind of interesting to me that they that they would actually bother to uh, note that without yeah. It probably came into like it came up at some point probably right. Um, and whenever he's carrying another unprotected person, he cannot move greater than sixty miles an hour. Hmm. Um, because the person has to be able to breathe, so he doesn't have. Oh a th- yeah. Okay. So he doesn't have a thing that like uh, Cannonball has and a bunch of other people have. Where he, where like their shield that allows him to breathe and right, you yeah. know, not and die. The flash has an aura or something that he refers to it as. Yeah, that also keeps him safe from friction. Yeah, but like he he doesn't he cannot project that on someone else. It's only a personal power. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because uh, in, in uh, North Star's case, it's actually part of his biological makeup you said like it's inside his body. It's not something that's projected outside his body. Yes, it's inside of his body. So, which I feel is also a good, um, a good, a good limitation to put. Yeah, superpowers are just inherently more interesting when you deal with them in terms of what would be feasible as opposed to what, um, you want to do to blow the top off the comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I like it when there is twists on conventionally normal powers like um mm-hmm. like there is a uh super mutant speedster named yeah. Felicidad. oh yeah and um and his power is super speed but the way he does it is he alters his time flow mm-hmm. around him so he goes super fast yeah and he does age faster he yeah he ages faster but he can also now, s- slow down well, but he can also kind of confer that to other people as well mm-hmm. but it's more of a physical proximity thing. Now, when I first read about Velocidad, um, I actually, like, I did not realize that was the Spanish word for speed. And so I thought they were calling him Velocidad, as in velocity, so fast, and then dad, father. And, like, it's kind of a dick move to call your teenage guy who's aging way faster than everyone else (laughs) dad. Fast dad. (laughs) It seems an extremely rude thing to do. Uh, Yeah, it kind of is. His but, powers uh, are, a, are a curse on his life, and you're kind of just mocking that, guys. I know, that's not what they were doing. That, also, you could tell that this was before cell phones got cameras, mm-hmm. because he does not wear a mask, but he, he, he carefully does not allow himself to be photographed or on costume. Mm-hmm. It moves really swiftly, so people can't sure. photograph him. So... I mean, as long as he doesn't stand still for too long, that should be okay. As long as he never stands still in the modern day. That's how Superman do. Yeah. He put on also, some glasses. He, Superman, I think, blurs his face by moving it real quick every time he's standing still. Yeah, what do you think about Northstar? Uh, I think he's a pretty cool character. I mean, like, I think he's not very nuanced. He doesn't feel like a very realized human being to me when I read him in comics. It, if I imagine going to his house, I don't know what I'd find on his shelves or, like, what posters he would have in his bedroom. You know what I mean? Here is my main problem 
with Alpha Flight. Yeah. Most of the people on there, if you took away their superpowers, I don't know if I'd want to read a book about them. Yeah, no, that's like that's pretty fair. Um I'm not gonna argue with that. <laughs> There's plenty of like comics about just normal people out yeah. there. And the reason why those are interesting is because the characters are interesting. What are you talking about? You're like Archie? Yeah, or Archies or or like, you know, just like and just pick up like an indie comic or something that, you know, is more autobiographical. Or like Mm -hmm. Scott Pilgrim, even though it was no fantastical. Even though it was fantastical, the fun part about it was the interplay between the characters. The everyday life. And I mean for me the fun part about it was seeing Toronto, my hometown like actually represented somewhere as itself instead of someone trying to play it off as Chicago or New York. Oh, my favorite thing about one of my more favorite um, time travel shows, uh, Continuum, mm-hmm. is instead of instead of making Vancouver look like New York, they just said it was Vancouver. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. It's still kind of like, I'm still kind of like, I mean, sure, Vancouver's, like, a pretty big city for Canada, but, like, I don't know. Why would a time traveler decide to go there? Yeah. But, whatever. <laughs> Got so, that. do we need to do some kind of outro script? Yeah, on this yeah, we gotta go we outro. We do outro. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, my main thing with Alpha Flight is I don't think I'm interested in the characters outside of their superpowers. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What do you have for... What do you do? Um, Yeah, so uh, you can find my podcast, which I share with um, previous Alphabet Flight guest, Laura Forsey, um, on franklyimplausible.com. Hopefully, Jesse, maybe you can like tweet out a link to it. In fact, you're going to be on my show at the time of recording this Sunday. I don't know when what we're doing right now is actually going to come out. But uh, you can check out Jesse on Pitch Me Something, which is the name of our show. Um, and we just sort of do pop culture pitches for everything from Harry Potter to original movie properties to new ideas for sports and technology. Um, and we flesh them out. We have a good time. We tell a lot of jokes in the process. I mean, I think it's a fun show, and everyone who's listened to it so far keeps telling me that they're enjoying it. So either they're being nice or we've got something genuinely fun. Uh, all your friends are liars. Well, it's not impossible, but I do know that more people than just my friends are listening to this show. <laughs> it's just something that I don't understand on this podcast, because it's just like, I clearly have more than five people listening, so. Yep. And but, you only have the five friends, is that what you're telling me too? I have five people who know about podcasts. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you have me now, too. I'm a subscriber. I haven't actually had the chance to listen to any of the episodes yet, but that's more my fault than anything else. Yep. Because you're an awful friend. I'm joking. Well, sure, yeah, that. <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Laura will be on the last episode. Yeah, oh, she. Um, I saw it on our Frankly Implausible uh, Google Docs that she'd uploaded her audio for that. I was wondering what the heck that was. Yeah. Um, and she will be talking about, uh, we will be talking about a, uh, a mermaid night, a merman night, I should say, and a, uh, sea unicorn. Awesome. Oh, I'm gonna have to listen to that one for sure. 
Um, and I, uh, we got in some somewhat lurid details. How lurid? Uh, by lurid, I mean, we, we, we talk about, like, how, how would mermaids reproduce? Oh, good. I cannot wait to hear a show in which my best friend talks about that. Yeah. So we get, like, I think that's a good bulk of the podcast, because we both apparently have problems with mermaids. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, and I also have a, I also have a, my little cryptid, my cat, who has four thumbs. <laughs> um, you can look at pictures of him on Alphabet Flight, not Alphabet Flight, at Marvelous Mooch on, uh, on, uh, on Twitter? Not on Twitter. Oh. I, I don't use Twitter. You don't use Twitter? No. Oh. Now my social media person uses Twitter. I don't. Uh, um, of course. Uh, on Instagram. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. And um, also, I guess I maybe can throw in there, too. I do use Twitter, and my handle is at Sean Franklin. That's Franklin with a G on the end, like Benjamin Franklin, but throw a G on there. Yeah. Um, or at Frankly Implausible is the other. Is the one for our, like, show. Yeah, and um, yeah, listen to listen to my podcast place, my other podcast, <laughs> and um, besides, right, they're already listening to this one. Yeah. They must be. Yeah. So, if uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Bye. What? <laughs>